0: I'm really excited to share this podcast episode with you today. The conversation I've had with Dave DeRocher. Dave played in the NFL. He played professional football in Canada. He is currently the vice president of an organization that works with young people, preparing them for college and for life and their career. Dave and I talk about the Super Bowl. We talk about lessons he's learned playing in professional sports, his public speaking, his acting, and other things that he's done over the years. Just a wonderful, motivational, and inspiring man. And I'm very excited for you to listen now to episode number 53 of the From the Heart podcast presented by Orange Kiwi Consulting and my conversation today with Dave DeRocher. The From the Heart podcast is presented by Orange Kiwi Consulting. The three most challenging transitions owners face, scale, sale, and succession often result in a costly and confusing journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. Orange Kiwi helps their clients succeed where others fail by navigating the challenges others can't. Find out how Orange Kiwi helps you avoid the costly and confusing journey to realize the results you are looking for with less stress and more satisfaction. Visit their website, orangekiwillc.com, choose Contact Us, enter the promo code HLG2020, for a complimentary 30-minute consultation. All right. Well, Dave, thank you. I, I, um, I was trying to remember the other day how you and I met. I know we have some mutual friends, but one of my favorite memories of you and us together was just about a year ago when I was teaching in the sports management program at UC Riverside, and you came out and spoke to my students. And uh, all year long, I stayed in touch with that particular class, and a lot of them talked about that time with you and, and uh, that experience. And Little did we know how our world was about to change. Right after that time that you and I saw each other, right?
1: Yeah, it, you know, it, you know, and we were talking before we before we got going here, and about you know that change, but then also those opportunities that uh, that are afforded us, and we never know what's going to result to them. And and I talk to a lot of young people when you know when given an opportunity to do anything, and and that's to to look at it as is, are you going in there with a purpose or with an agenda. And so when you mm-hmm. asked me to come out to speak to your class, I certainly had no agenda. It wasn't about right. me. You know, it's about, hey, yeah, I could talk to those students. You know, what was so cool about that, uh, Ed, uh, I think I shared it with you, but I had two of your students reach out to me from, from France. That right. so was part of their, um, their um, what's, what's the end of the like paper? master's
0: thesis. Or yeah, the I thesis, yeah. yeah, you know, in really two cool. different
1: subjects bright young men and uh and they both sent them to me and I was a great to be uh, a part of that it could contribute and for them for me to have left enough of an impression that they did reach out to me because what was one thing that i told them is like if somebody gives you their card you follow up you call them because Absolutely. they didn't give it to you just because they have nothing else to do yeah they gave it to you
0: i have this box of business cards you. i'm trying to get rid of no there's a reason they're trying to start a connection
1: that's right you know and uh and I'm and I'm friends with probably uh about six of them uh, friends or connections on mm-hmm. on uh, LinkedIn and they yeah. did reach out I didn't reach out to them so that good was really for them oh cool, you know?
0: that's good yeah that's good so you mentioned two words and they're not in my notes but since you said them I want to talk to you about the difference between purpose and agenda tell me just when you hear I'm gonna do a lot of word association with you today I'm going to start right there Difference between so
1: okay. if, if, am i gonna get an analysis at the end <laughs> well, yeah
0: exactly I'm, I'm not a psychologist i just play one hey, on a podcast yeah okay yeah i'll send hey. this to all my psychiatrist friends
1: yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go there believe me
0: um, but, trust oh. me i don't either i don't want them looking at me and talking <laughs> to me either
1: so so when, when dealing with purpose versus agenda and it's something i learned i think in sales and you know if you pay attention you learn things in life but um being a salesperson, you can take a, a meeting and utilize these two approaches. And if, and if you are going in with a purpose, um, of course, it's not about you. It's about the the other person and, and what kind of value can you provide and 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 what will you do if you go in with an agenda? It's about you. Yeah. And it's about what can you get out of this? And what I share with them is it, is that if you look across from that person and all you see is a dollar a sign, well, you've already lost because if you're a good salesperson, you'll get that dollar, right? Yeah. You will get the transaction and that's all it will be because yeah. when they leave and you don't follow up and never hear from you again, they will feel like they got sold. Nobody likes to be sold, right? You know, they want to purpose, build a relationship. So if it's not about you, it's about them. And it's like, what can I do to help you? What can, what of my knowledge and this service can I do to, to make your life better or provide a service to you? And and what I share a lot of times too is that a lot of times you don't even maybe do business with that person. Right. But you find something that you can do together, or they then refer you to somebody. And the reason why I was so successful in business was that I never asked for a check in my first meeting. I know a lot of salespeople, financial advisors, always yeah, be closing, always be closing, maybe get, exactly, yeah. get it done, get the next, get the commission. And I never asked. And then I would go back again. Um, I would have clients that became clients for life saying, Dave, can I just give you a check? Yeah. You know, because I just wanted to make sure that they weren't buying the investment. They were buying me. Right. I was the right person that was going to take care of their money and care about them and and really give them the, the best advice. And the reason, you know, that so many guys, you know, each year start over, is because they don't have that relationship. They're just they're just doing transactions. Mm-hmm. The agenda-driven transaction, 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 versus a purpose-driven uh, building a relationship, and then not only will you do business with that person inevitably, but you'll do person uh, business with their family and their friends and and everybody else. And the person that was sold isn't going to tell anybody about you. And I have a quick I have a quick example of that.
0: And yeah, please.
1: I love telling stories, but I sat across from a couple baby in hand, you know, she says, my dad said, I needed to come talk to you instead of a college fund for our child, you know, and if we want to start with a hundred dollars a month. You know, what do we need to do? And I said, okay, well, first, my first bit of advice is let's start with 25. Yeah. Because if you start with a bigger number and things get tight, you don't reduce it. You just quit. You just stop. Right. So let's start with 25. And then if you get a raise and if it's comfortable, then you increase it and people will increase and, uh, and then I said, okay, and then I started talking about all these mutual funds and how they work. And they like, Dave, <laughs> can we just, <laughs> <the thing?"> yeah? <laughs> well, if it's just 25 a month, you need to understand how this works, you know? So that way, you know, as you get familiar with it and will branch out and we'll diversify and, and all this stuff, Well, you know, of course they signed up yeah. um, and it was a few weeks later and this is going back a while. So it, it was a little bit of time later, but the dad came in. And uh, and he just said, hey, Dave, you know, my daughter told me everything that you told them. And first of all, you talked them out of giving you money and (laughs) then you spent time with them to uh, make sure they were educated and they were making the right decisions. And he goes, I "I really appreciate that. And as a matter of fact, I've been having some thoughts about my own portfolio. Hmm. And would you mind taking a look at it? I said, sure, I'd love to take a look at it. The first check he gave me was $800,000. It yeah, ended up okay, investing yeah. over $2.5 no, million. No, just to
0: do 600000 in case with, you can't afford it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, I mean, that is, and that is just, that solidifies just my, that's all purpose driven, right? right. I, I created value. I cared about my client, which is what we should be doing anyways. Um, but then dad comes in knowing what I did for them. If right. I had just, if I had just taken the hundred bucks a month, she would have never said anything to dad. Dad would never come in and say, I believe, you right. know, so...
0: Yeah, I've had similar experiences, one recently, and I won't name names because it's still confidential at this point, but we had a, uh, a client that's part of our Center for Family Business at Cal State Fullerton, same type of thing. I've known him for 10 years that I've been in the role, and nine years in, he called a meeting for dinner and sat down with me and, and my boss, and you know, I'd like to support the center a little bit more than I have been, and it wasn't that he was really, I mean, we had conversations about it over the years, but I never actually made the official ask. And he's the one that came to us and it really is you, you hit spot on my whole life's about relationships everything in my life if there's not people involved in relationships and i'm not interested and it sounds like you're very similar and i think that's where you and i kind of some friendships you just kind of hit the ground running and yeah. i think you and i did because we both just saw the purpose in this friendship rather than either of us having an agenda in this friendship
1: that's it and we were, we were introduced by by lisa uh that right. is a, a... Uh, somebody i met through a networking group and she just thought right. hey you two guys are like-minded maybe because we're big and jovial. we're both
0: big guys yeah because yeah. <laughs> you make me look little so i appreciate <laughs> hanging out with you
1: so yeah but she just she thought it would be a good breakfast and, yeah. and neither of us you're right we both just said yes we both mm-hmm. just showed up yep. and here we are absolutely so, indeed
0: so I'm going to ask you a question that I usually, I don't even ask this question very often, but I wrote a little note. I noticed behind you, you've got pictures, team pictures, and, and obviously memorabilia, as do I. Find an item that's within arm's reach of you. Uh, obviously, if it's in your office, it's important to you. Any item, you can turn around, whatever, grab an item and tell me the story behind it. That's often for me, a really great way for me and for my audience to get to know somebody. What do you keep around you that you can reach and what's the story and the significance behind it? I'll be right back. Yeah, please. I'll play the little hold music right now. So, for those that are just listening, he's got an American flag, well, some football memorabilia yeah. team pictures, but he didn't grab something I could see in the camera. What no,
1: that, you know, uh, Ed, that is the obvious, right? To be able to be a right. kid to achieve that level, you know, and uh, I, 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 as many of us humble people do, discount it, but it was it was a great achievement, and, and that's that's the obvious. And we could probably talk about it because I wasn't good at football, and I got to that level. So yeah,
0: we'll talk about that in a little bit, sure. Um,
1: but what I grabbed was this.
0: Okay, describe what you got there. So it's got a model jet airplane. there. Well, so. it
1: isn't. It, mm-hmm. Well, it is, but it it was to my aunt. Um, she was granted the Engineer of the Month. For McDonnell Douglas,
0: hmm.
1: so there's there's a story behind this. Awesome is that she was at a gathering, and there was a, a, a male uh, engineer, she, you know, being a female engineer, and she's eighty three, so there weren't many back then. Sure, and yeah, she designed the wings. It was on the team to design the wings for the DC ten. Um, he was saying how he was given, you know, uh, engineer of the month for his firm, and so a part of the conversation. She said, you know, oh, that's interesting. I was also, you know, uh, uh, granted just recently the uh, engineer of the month. And he said to her, oh, is that like a rotating thing? Huh. <laughs> and she said, I don't know. There's 3,000 of us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be humble. And, you know, I mean, so do the math. If it was a monthly rotation, it's gonna how to take many a while to get I through 3,000. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Not in our lifetime. Yep. <laughs>
1: but so when when I start getting a little full of myself, which we tend to do, I just look at that and the humility and the and, and the humble person that she is, and just also to note that she was granted the Amelia Earhart Award of Aviation, uh, you know, uh, yeah. of Aviation Award, and so just a, a neat a neat lady. Um, you know, both my mom and her, my her, their parents, my grandparents, just all all humble people. My mom became the CFO of a privately owned bank without a degree. Wow! So the the level of achievement, you know, um, it just it really it's it's humbling to me that you know that these women back in the day of you know of, of,
0: of what they were able to achieve is is pretty neat. So yeah. there's a story. Awesome. I appreciate that very much. And it's not, it's just when, usually when someone's camera pops up and I start seeing things behind them, the question pops up. Okay. One of those items, obviously if you look behind me, I've got bobbleheads and an autographed Vince Scully picture and a book <laughs> yeah. I wrote and other books I've read. And it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of really fun stuff there too. But um, so other than your hard work, obviously, because our success is typically a product of our own effort, a, a fair amount of luck, a whole lot of blessings but also the inspiration or the, or the drive from someone else, who would that someone else be first? I mean, there's a lot of people, obviously again, that 3000 months or 3000 people in a rotating award. I get there's a lot. You could probably, we could probably do five hours on all the people that have inspired you, but who's the first person that came to mind and why?
1: Well, so, so once again, real, real easy go-to for me, I just had breakfast with him yesterday Hmm. and that was my high school football coach. Awesome. The story. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah no please yeah
1: Here, here's the story the story is this is that um so back in high school my my sport was basketball and uh and, and six basketball... foot six
0: by the way i mean i know you're seeing him sitting down if you're yeah. watching but he is six foot six so.
1: yeah i used to be six seven so okay. the it's gravity freaking. yeah yeah so the <laughs> basketball there i spoke at the uh at the mission to a group of people and the gentleman that asked me to do this the chaplain for the lakers and that basketball came from genie bus it's mm-hmm. uh the la uh, lakers uh, summer basketball you know nice. like Got some sweats and some other really cool things. Kobe Bryant shoes. Anyways, cool. the story of my high school football coach, and that is, um, uh, I wasn't going to play football. Uh, he came on campus at the end of my junior year in high school, and I distinctly remember when he walked up to me. Uh, I, you know, he goes, "Hey, big," he goes, "Hey, big guy, you playing football?" And I said, "No," hmm. and he said, "Why?" He said, "Well, I play basketball. I made it to the final cut for the junior Olympic team, and..." um and i have a couple scholarship offers well one color scholarship interest and then one offer from cal state la he goes well come play football for me i'll get you a better scholarship i said coach i'm not very good Mm -hmm. you know he goes you've got a frame if you want to play i said yeah i'd love to play i'm just not very good so i go out after about three days he pulls me aside he goes son." uh, you're not very good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you were right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice. Like, nice. Right on coach. Uh, thanks. And he goes, you know, one thing you just need, you need, you need to grow into your body he goes, but you need uh, to be lighter on your feet. And he handed me a jump rope. Hmm. And, um, it's so I look at the jump rope and I said, all right, so uh, a 17 year old kid that's uncoordinated is being given a thing that girls do. Uh, right. I'm not going to do this in front yeah. of anybody, you know? And, And what could this possibly do for me, but I didn't want to be good. And I took it home Hmm. and one skip at a time. I don't know if you've ever jumped road, but but, for a while, but yeah, yeah. You hit your toes a couple of times and you're like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? But I kept doing it every single day until I got fairly prolific at it. And cool. and I remember pulling him aside. I said, "Hey, coach," because he was at the track, like said next to the track. I just say uh, so many distinct things that you remember in your you know, in your life. But yeah. I say, "Hey, want to jump rope?" He looked at me and I'm like, "Come on!" And I and he started doing like that one one one. Right. And, I,
0: and you're just flying, and me, your you hands go, are barely ah. moving, and yeah.
1: Yeah, and he goes. He goes, you know, good for you. And I remember just feeling so good about myself. And, you know, and so the, the story I share is that, you know, gee, did that make me a better football player? I don't, I have no idea. Um, but it, it did give me confidence. It was like given to me to make me better at, at something. And, and and what the thing was, is that he was right. Yeah. Um, when I got done with my senior year of football, uh, I took trips to Cal. Um, I was uh, talking to U of A, Hawaii colorado and then went to to san diego state who i inevitably chose mm-hmm. to to play football and um and the story i share is this is that with within a couple of days five incoming freshmen what do you think the offensive line coach handed each of us a jump rope a jump rope nice and those four other guys looked at it like i did a year ago yeah <laughs> what am i gonna do with this and i went right to sh- sh- and, and, and like I said, the reason I share this is because what do you think that coach thought of me immediately, of uh, you know, of, of our stature is all the same. It immediately put me, even if it's just slightly ahead Absolutely. of yeah. the others, you know? And the, and the story that I like to tie this to is that when you have somebody is advising you to do something that you don't want to do, they're not doing it to make you look foolish or to make your life right. horrible. Well, they're doing it because they think you benefit from that, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't know how that's ever going to come back to you And it's, it's just a great lesson that sports taught me, but that coach, um, I could tell you this, there was five guys that went division one from that team. So he didn't need me. Two of us went to the NFL and one guy was always good. He was, he was the best guy in the field. Jumping rope or
0: not. He was good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was, he was really good. I had potential (laughs) potential potential. Potential is a nice way of telling somebody you're not very good. You're not good enough yet. Yeah.
0: You might be, yeah, exactly. Because potential you're good, rocket scientist. but yeah, you know, you're good, other than the, you're good. Yeah. Well, and that that's that's a great lesson in leadership and mentorship too. That, you know, the people who see potential in us and when we see potential mm-hmm. in other people we will do what we can to develop them. And, uh, you know, kind of the onus is on us as those that are being seen with potential is asking why, well, what is it about it? Not so much, Hey, why do you want me to jump rope? But what is it that you see in me that, you know, cause there's probably a lot of big guys that came through and he probably didn't hand them a jump rope because he didn't see that potential or knew that eh, they right. won't do it because they don't have the, the drive. How has that lesson that you just shared with us, um, parlayed into your career I mean obviously going into the NFL and I'd like to go there but let's take it away from the football field for a moment and then come back to it
1: well you know it, 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 it parlayed fairly soon or early on in 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 a career that I did for 20 years and that was in financial planning um, when I first became licensed, for, well, I went from football to acting to general contractor to then fully licensed to become a financial advisor. So that so logical, logical career a, path that everybody wasn't goes, a clear yeah. path, no. Yeah. And and that will lead me to what I'm doing today. But right. but there's but there is there was an immediate uh, uh, usage of what I learned there, and that was. Um, when I, my first year I made like $5,000 and my ex-wife goes, you know, are you sure you should be doing this? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I really think I could be good at it. Uh, we got pregnant. And so I took a position as a junior rep for a banking, a uh, financial platform, uh, great Western securities. And okay. I was a junior rep making 1800 a month. <laughs> and my job was to take the phone book. I think most of your most of your audience will know what a phone book is. Yeah. I, except for I, the young I have folks, to explain it when yeah, I'm talking yeah. to kids.
0: <laughs> it's not that contactless on your phone. It's an actual no, book.
1: Yeah. A big book of phone yeah. numbers. And my job was to go through and call strangers uh, and convince them to come in and see us. And and the and the goal was is what they set was is that you have to make at least 30 dials and you have to at least talk to 10 people and set two appointments a day for your senior rep. Well, you know, always the first question I ask is how much fun does that sound to any of you talking to complete strangers and convince them to come see you and and nobody ever says me.
0: Yeah, sign me up. Let's do this.
1: So what I did was, is I called 100 people and I spoke to 25, I mean, uh, 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 25 to 30 people I'm trying to think of the numbers incrementally, um, but it, but it was to set five appointments a day. And going back to the jump rope, what do you think that did immediately? My senior advisor was telling all his buddies that were senior advisors, all of them wanted me to come work for them. Sure. Management found out. The next thing I know, within month, within a month, I was actually asked to give presentations to all the other junior advisors on how to cold call. Within four months, I was given my own branch. It was a senior advisor. Hmm. And within four years, I became a vice president of a bank. That's awesome. And it put me on the fast track, just like the coaches with the jump rope.
0: Yeah.
1: If you do more, better, faster, you will set yourself apart. And Because a lot of people just punch the clock and do what's expected, and that's all they do. And by doing that, it projected me and propelled me. And so that was kind of the, the lesson. And you know, and I did that for 20 years and I, and I enjoyed it, but uh, path to is a, a, a little bit different animal.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and go right into that. Then let's talk about path Two.
1: Yeah. So, so I had uh, sold my firm and uh, my practice, I went through a divorce, sold it. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of meandered. I was kind of just doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I got into some collecting and selling antiques and buying stuff at thrift stores. And I love that stuff. And and frankly, I would find $9 lamps and sell them for 300 And awesome. it was about the search, and I, and I enjoyed it, but it was just not much doing much. And I met uh, Dr. Ellison, uh, who is the uncle of my fiance. Hmm. And he said, Dave, because I told him what I did, you know, football, uh, acting, you know, general contractor and vice president, and, and, and he was wow, you've done a lot of things at a pretty high level. Um, he like I was writing a book, and and it was a career happiness and success you can have both and he was writing about his collegiate experience he's a phd engineer from carnegie mellon hmm. and um and he was amazed at the statistics of kids just failing at their uh, collegiate experience i mean taking 6 years to graduate 70% leaving with an average debt of $35,000 70%, 800,000 yeah. kids a year graduating and not using their degree. Right. Yeah. You know, Paying they, for
0: a degree they're not going to use.
1: Yeah. And and half of them are taking jobs that don't even require a degree. Yeah. You know, and, and he's going, What the heck is this? You know? And, and so then he started taking the the programs, the career assessments, you know, the black box. Answer mm-hmm. some questions and we'll tell you. Right. Well, he took one, then he took the next, and then he took the next. And each of them, of course, because they're just all different, had different results, none of which were given him engineer, which he knew he was great at. He owned four companies, one publicly publicly traded at $500 million. So he's very successful in that field and loved it. And then he started thinking, well, gosh, if this is all that's there, no wonder, you know, that these kids are, are not, you know, figuring it out. And so he went and put together a program and. He utilizes, of course, personality, which is what those most of those are—personality-driven—and that's what you love to do, mm-hmm. right. and you need to know that. But um, I love to sing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. What am I good but at? Not, right? Yeah, but I'm not yeah. good
1: at it. Right. And so you need to know what you're good at too, and that's your aptitude. And and our program marries both. Anyways, so he says, I put together this program. He goes, Would you take it? And I said, Sure. And at that time, it was an Excel spreadsheet and a pencil. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I took them and I graded them and I used my interests, my preferences, my traits, and uh, income, education, and job growth are all the different categories that we utilized. And three days later, when I got done, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, uh, I said, Dick, this is so much more than working with high school students and helping them with their collegiate experience. It's those kids sitting in junior college. It's those Mm -hmm. kids about to graduate from college that are just now realizing they have no clue what they're going to yeah. do. And then beyond that, beyond the collegiate side of it, this program can help professional athletes. Mm-hmm. When I left, I didn't yeah. plan on leaving. Right. I went and sold cars. I had no yeah. clue what to do, you know? Uh, yeah. Famers. Not many
0: athletes get to walk away when they want to. Most are told you're walking away.
1: Yeah. Most are told. Yeah. There, there are, there's two types of players. One, ones that have been cut and, one, and those ones that are going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh uh veterans you know transit transitioning from uh from service to, to civilian life and then right now um there's about right, the, the numbers range but gal came up with a poll of 83 percent are disengaged 83 percent of u.s workers right. that's a million people hate their job yeah um i said we could help so many people with this and he looked at me and I said dave you you know i've never been so excited about what i'm doing will you come help me with this and i said sure and today we are, we are www.path2.net. It's an online software program. The beauty of it is, and I won't go into all of them, that's embossed, sure. but I get so excited about it because yeah. we are a hundred percent transparent. So when your top two careers are done at the end and it takes a few hours, it's some work, but you know why they're there. Because going back to the black box that generates five to 50 results, no rhyme or reason, I've been told I could be a a food line superintendent Mm -hmm. or a a supervisor or a a janitorial supervisor. I've run like three businesses, you know, and those are the results I'm getting. Right. So, you know, it's like no wonder people will get stuck. And then, and then what we found is if you take them more than once. Your results will vary just based on answering two or three questions different. Well, that's my results.
0: Tell me that I should either be a pastor or a bartender, (laughs) (laughs)
1: So it's
0: like, <laughs> yeah. i mean i can see where they have similarities you so know? you're similarities, listening to people yeah. and you're giving them things to make them feel better it's just a little <laughs> yeah. bit different what you're giving but uh so yeah let's i'm going to start the up, uh the, the church bar someday but yeah, yeah scripture. A reach, a so, yeah. but you
1: know so anyway so so that's why you know because of my path you know and and it, it was just so enlightening and I learned so much about myself. And that's what we hear from everybody going through it. It's 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 not just career, it's self-discovery and so many different facets. But because it's transparent, you know exactly why. If at the end of it, architect isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I think about yeah. it, I wanted to be an architect. Why is an architect there? That's dumb. I'm gonna be an architect anyways. You yeah, know,
0: why drive down a road that's not gonna take you to the destination that's gonna do anything for you?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. So awesome. love, love what we're doing and 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 Back to purpose versus agenda, it's purpose-driven. It, we, we are helping so many people, um, and we work with veterans groups, uh, the uh, National Veterans Chamber, and we're, and we're pulling people together, you know, by utilizing what we do and then finding their strengths and the services they provide veterans and building a community, which is really kind of a side just benefit from doing all of this. Yeah.
0: So go through that mental Rolodex that you have right now that – Wakes you up every day, fired up and excited for this, and tell us a story. Change the names to protect the innocent, or whatever you want to do, but tell us a story about someone that has been benefited from this process, and and what wakes you up every day to to just jump in and be excited about this.
1: So I, um, you know, hey, great questions, Ed. You know, huh. I, 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 I couldn't have written them better myself. Oh, I well, you know, answers, we, uh... which is which is rare for me to have an immediate answer because you know. the... the well, the, the, be, the best helmets.
0: questions are the one that get us to stop and pause and think for, that's why I asked you grab an item, you know, at first you had to think like, what's the item, what's the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the yes, no question. I'm, I'm not a great question person. I mean, I, I understand when I hear a good question, I jot it out and like, Ooh, I'm going to ask that question too. So I'm just, <laughs> I should.
1: A, see, thanks. I should be doing that. Hey, so, um, it, 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 there's well, okay. So now, now I have two. you gave me too much time to think.
0: Uh, it's all right. Oh. We got time.
1: Okay. So I'll tell you, one of the first kids to go through our program was at Chico State. And I think it was his second year in, average student, hadn't declared yet. And um, so, you know, obviously didn't know what what he wanted to do. And it was really just kind of being more Chico State than than the student. And um, if you're familiar with the campus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I know
0: the ratio. Absolutely. (laughs) A lot of my guy friends went there because of the ratio. No doubt about
1: it. So so anyhow, um, he took the program and here's the first cool thing his results were his number one career was gis geographical information systems well first of all i didn't know what that was yeah you know and who does
0: right that's the beauty of people doing it that's about it yeah
1: yeah but that isn't it i mean what 20 year old struggling in school is going to google hey should i go into gis no you get the normal every marketing director but this program did is it pointed him to everything in your intrinsic characteristics, GIS. So, you know, that graduated one of six in GIS went on to have two internships and uh, enrolled in a master's program with GIS. That is, I mean, yeah. to, to point a, a kid to a career that <laughs> I didn't know existed. Yeah.
0: What do you want to be uh, when you grow up? Yeah. Nobody says that.
1: Nobody says that. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool. The other story is more an emotional uh, tie. I had done a podcast uh, with uh, Daniel Puder and um, Shelly Harrison was the person that connected us both. And as we were waiting to go on, her son was with her and, uh, and he was there to take photos and he just was interested in photography and was 20, I think, four, not sure what he wanted to do. Um, and we were just talking about that. And I said, you know what? I, I appreciate all this. I'll, I'll scholarship you through, through our program. And so Shelly was very appreciative and, um, and her son went through Shelly contacted me, called me and it was in tears. Okay. So when you have a mom that just was so happy, she says, Dave, you're not going to believe this. We've been telling Chris for his whole life. He should get into singing. He's got a beautiful voice. Hmm. Family's been telling him we've been telling him and he is, was adamant that I don't want to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go on stage and I don't want to sing. He went through our program, number one, mm-hmm. singer-songwriter, number two, um, uh, singing um, um, uh, teacher instructor. So, nice. and he said, look, if my, if I'm telling me, then I need to do this. And, and so he enrolled into this uh, a music deal immediately. Um, and so of course, Shelly yeah. is a huge advocate of ours, <laughs> so,
0: yeah, yeah, so is exactly. Chris,
1: her son, because, you know, now it's him telling him, mm-hmm. getting back to the beauty of our program is that you are seeing this go along, you know, it's not just a, it's not just boom, here you go. It's you're watching and you're bringing the careers along based on all that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And the ones that fall by the wayside is because it didn't fit your criteria, not some algorithm.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love hearing you tell that story because it's you know when you when you ask somebody a question to talk about their passion, the first thing you recognize when they're talking is it's a passion. Uh, It goes without saying, but I mean you just light up. I I hope people are watching and not just listening when we when we put this up because the passion that that lights up in your eyes and and the hand signals and everything else. It's like (laughs) yeah, you like me. I'm Italian either. Yeah, if I didn't have hands, I probably couldn't talk. You know, so yeah, (laughs) I'm not even Italian.
1: Yeah. But and, and you know what, Ed? And I've been telling those stories for four years.
0: Yeah. And it's still like you know? fire. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I had dinner last night with a couple of good buddies from church. And and while we were sitting there, a guy, I, I used to work as a general manager in minor league baseball for a few seasons. And a young man that pitched for us for my first two years recognized me at the restaurant and came over. And that's been 15, 16 years ago. But we, he and I started talking stories from back in the minor league baseball days and it was like it was yesterday and these are stories I've told for 15 years but it was like it was brand new and it's just yeah, like, yeah when something's in your heart and that's why the podcast is called From the Heart and we're going to go there again in a little while um, when it's in your heart it just it just lights up your whole being and the cool thing is that people can feel it and that's why I do this because I want people to feel your stories and whether somebody else goes into doing what you do as a result of this or takes the, the test and finds out what their real purpose is or not, I want them to feel your passion and why you, why you do what you do. So let's talk a little bit. Let's go back for a minute. It's Super Bowl week as we're recording <clears> this. Uh, so, you know, we've got Tampa Bay against Kansas city on Sunday, and I'm going to ask for your prediction here in a little bit and why, but I want to hear a little bit, not many people I talk to and very few people that most of us talk to day in and day out got to play in the NFL. So I just want to, and I know your, your career in the NFL was short, but most are. You know, and I think the average career is three years because of injury or whatever the other, you know, incidents might be. Or like you said, we're told we're done, you know, and that happens. Talk just about, you know, any experience that comes up in your time, you were drafted by the Seahawks in the 12th round. You were just four years prior to that, told you weren't any good. You jumped rope. You got to San Diego State. You obviously yeah. excelled enough to get drafted in the NFL. You've already touched on some of this, but I'd love to hear the process where first, first question, I guess, is. When did it click for you that hey this could be what I do for a living? So let's ask that question first, and then I'll ask my next one.
1: Sure. So um, yeah, it was, it was kind of neat the the evolution and the growth. You know, the the one. Uh, let's see this this right here. This was an um, uh, in invitation or the the game I played in with. The Tim Brown, Thurman Thomas, and, mm. and Icky Woods, Ken Norton Jr. Um, the Hula Bowl, which is a collegiate all-star game. That's yeah. why well my college helmet has all the different stickers on it, and nice. very proud to have attained you know that level. Now, I was hoping to go a little higher than twelfth round, but I went twelfth round. That's fine. You know, we didn't have cell phones, and we didn't have ways to get connected. And when I didn't get drafted on the first day, the second day I was pouting, and mm. so I just went and played basketball with my brother. Um, and evidently the Rams are calling and these teams are calling and, yeah. you know, and my mom picked the phone off, off the wall. <laughs> <that> exactly. I <laughs> had to
0: stand next to the wall. Kids, there used to be phones that used to attach to the wall and we had to stand by the wall to talk to people just so you know.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, um, you know, then I get home and she goes, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, anyway, she goes, oh, by the way, you got drafted by the Seahawks. So I okay. said, okay. You know, all right. and all I owned, you know, being from San Diego state was tank tops and shorts and, yeah. and I'm going to Seattle where everybody, got to get an old. umbrella. But, when, when, it, when it started to, to kind of, you know, get real was uh, during two days, um, the veteran offensive lineman would, uh, after the second practice, go to the local pizza place and have a couple of beers before the mm-hmm. evening meetings. And, um, and uh, I don't know how many weeks in it was, but, it, you know, it, it had been a while through camp. Finally, one of them came to me and said, hey, look, we're going over to grab pizza. Um, come join us. Well, I'm a rookie and I didn't know, and I'm like oh, yeah. the veterans, you know. And so I invited another rookie guy with me that is in camp. Show up. The first thing they did, pull me aside. He goes, "What's he doing here?" Hmm. And I'm like, "Well, what? we invited you." Yeah. So you know, it's very, it's very, you know, that way. At least it was in the day. So, sure. Um, so to me, I'm thinking, hey, I'm, I'm kind of. They wouldn't be inviting me if it didn't right. look look promising for me.
0: That was and their was way really of handing you a jump rope.
1: What what I, what I came to find out was my job was to go not only get the beer but pay for it. But
0: oh, there you go. yeah the rookie yeah exactly <laughs> but, yeah.
1: <laughs> but we're sitting around the table and and Brian Bosworth was on the team at that time and and Brian was always there because he had written a book the year before and criticized the offensive line and so he's trying to get into their good graces. He yeah. actually called them worse than the uh, Huskies offensive line. And, you know, it's Brian wow. Bosworth. It's, it's, Bosworth. Yeah. it's Brian being Bos. Yeah, different... Bos
0: opened his mouth a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But that Most was, of us but... rooted for Bo Jackson when he knocked Bosworth on his butt. That yeah. was something we all kind of cheered for a little bit. But there was, but see, him.
1: but that was, that was Bos, the persona, not Brian, the man. And they yeah, are different. Like, like you know, I don't know how much time we have, but anyway, I digress. Sure. We're sitting around the table and, uh, and Bos shared that Gargoyle had contracted with him to come out with his own line of Gargoyle glasses, like on Terminator, and they were called 44 Blues. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and all the guys said, "Hey Brian, you know, you gotta give us a pair." And he said, "Sure, I'll get you guys a pair." I, I maybe had a couple of beers. So I said, hmm. "You know, he can. I, you know, can I get a pair too?" He he looked at me. goes, "Look, you worry about making the team. Yeah, and then we'll figure it out." Um, the day of final cuts, uh, and I didn't have a black thing on my locker, and I didn't yeah. have to go see Chuck no Chuck Knox was our head coach. Yeah, okay. uh, I I go to my locker. I'm looking. I'm like and i and i sit down i look up and there's a pair of 44 blues in the night nice. and that's brian the man yeah is that he i didn't say anything it was weeks you know and there's a pair sitting in there at the day of, of final cuts to me that's it's kind of an emotional thing is it was like you yeah. know that was I mean. cool of him but um you know i i ended camp i, I made the paper twice in camp <laughs> <laughs> one was the rookie offensive lineman at 295 pounds running with the tight ends and linebackers. Cause I was really in very good shape. Um, So I guess that impressed them. Um, The other was, is I ended camp in a brawl. Um, I was going against um, Tony Hill, who was a great rush end and doing one-on-one drills. We went and I I don't know the results of it. We went, Chuck was watching. Hmm. Chuck goes again. So Tony and I, I back up. And if you don't know, you're going mono on mono, right? right Badly. Yeah. I mean, everything you've got in that one rep, again. End of practice. Boom. Chuck goes, again. Hmm. Third time. Tony's pumping. Hmm. I'm, you know, in my stance. And I'm, I know what head coach is watching. I know what he's looking for, you know. <laughs> Third. Again. Hmm. And I'm sucking air. And I literally... Just three steps in, take them, boom, to the ground and tackle them. We get up swinging. And and behind me, every offensive lineman had grabbed a defensive lineman and they're swinging.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, so this became a war, offense versus defense.
1: Off nice. And it just, <laughs> it, rookie breaks camp with a brawl, you know, yeah. Was, was, yeah, that was my two headlines. There you for,
0: go. For hey, no bad press. All press is good press, right? <laughs>
1: that's right, man. That's
0: right. They knew who you were. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I love going back to Boz, you know, Brian, putting those sunglasses in your locker, because, you know, there are those things that we do that little, little tokens that we don't have to do or people do for us that just kind of either say, Hey, you made it or good for you or congratulations. And that was kind of his nonverbal way of just saying, Hey, good job, kid. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Indeed. You know, and I mean, and and, and when I'm sharing this story, I mean, I I remember the emotion And, and to your point, is that that little act that he did and probably even had somebody else do is like, Hey, make sure, make sure uh, they called me Leo for Leo. Hey, make sure Leo has a pair of glasses nice. in his, in his locker, you know? Yeah. So it took very little for him to yeah. do and what a difference it made in my life. And it's a story I share in my life yeah. and how easy it is it for us to just discount what little acts that we could be doing that make this incremental mark in, in somebody's life. And I just, you know, I every opportunity I get, you know, I I try to to do that and, and mm. try to be that person. You never know what it's going to mean to somebody.
0: Wow, that's but the whole that, A lot more of that today. Yeah. That that's the that's the big, I mean, there's a lot so far and a few more coming, I know, but that's one of the huge takeaways for this time that I'm having with you this morning. Is just mm-hmm. it's those little things that we do. And really, yeah, when I look back now and I could start processing, if you were interviewing me, I'd start telling you stories about. Tiny little gestures that things of things that people have done from my wife to my kids to friends to bosses to coaches, just that little gesture that probably didn't take very much effort on their part, but I still like like you. I still talk about it. Yeah. You know, a couple of stories come to mind. I'll share with you. You know, over breakfast sometime, but I won't. I won't, I won't bore our listeners about it. So, one of the things you've done in your career that that is mentioned in your bio as brief, but I'd love to hear about it is your acting career. And you talked about it a little <laughs> bit already. Tell me a little bit about your acting career.
1: So uh, once again, just you know, uh, it, it's amazing, you know. And, and one thing I like to share with people is that you're going to be asked and, and afforded opportunities. A lot of people say, well, "I never got the opportunity." Well, you're not listening. Yeah. Because you get asked them, but it's not all day, right? Yeah, it, yeah. But if you have self doubt, you, you're just going to dismiss them and just think, "Well, that was not, that wasn't right for me. That wasn't the right opportunity." Yeah. If you're offered a ride on a rocket ship. Don't ask where it's going. Ask, what seat. Yeah, ask what
0: seat. Yeah, which seat do I sit in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't care. Yes,
1: just say yes, mm-hmm. and that's what and that's what I do. So, anyways, uh, getting back to my acting career, zero mm-hmm. acting acumen, zero experience. Even didn't even think it was going to happen. I actually was at an airport sports bar. Judging a bikini contest as an ex NFL guy, the celebrity yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. judge—rough
0: job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, somebody. Yeah. I,
1: you know, uh, gosh, I, if I have to, you know, yeah. my agent. So um, I'm sitting around the table with a bunch of guys from a TV show called First and Ten, and First and Ten was an HBO series about the California Bulls, which was a you know fake football team um and it was managed by shannon tweed and oj simpson
0: i remember uh, that. i do remember so, that
1: yep yeah little did we know anyway yeah. so yeah um and uh and then and then the a couple of the linemen had a bar so the two scenes are the locker room the field and the bar is pretty much mm-hmm. what the whole show was yeah. about yeah yeah and and it is what it was, but I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll come check it out. They go, we, they actually said, Hey, we need a big white guy. And I said, okay, good. I'll, I'll go do it. I qualify, Yeah. And showed up and they said, yep, you're big. You played football. Okay. So I started doing that and I had a blast doing it. You know, we were just one of the football guys, yeah, but, but we were doing it. We get, you know, getting paid and mostly just sat around and did nothing. And it was yeah. awesome. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, the guy goes hey you should you should get an agent and i said i don't know what i'm doing you know and uh, sure so i talked to an agent she goes oh my gosh you know, there's not many guys your size and you know at that time i was articulate you know i struggled <laughs> now but, um, <laughs> i don't it, know about it, that and, and uh and so she goes uh she would love to represent you you need headshots, and you need to take these classes and you need to I'm like oh, i don't want to do that you yeah. know um i'm not i don't like taking pictures. And I, Nonetheless, I uh, they signed me on and with before I could even do those things, they had some auditions for me. And I walk into a, a jack in the box commercial, hmm. read the lines, everyone laughed, hmm. and then I get a principal spot, first, first audition. So I go, I get this job, nope, you know, HBO series, boom, 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 first audition. I get a principal spot on a jack in the box commercial with Tony Longo. Um, I, the next commercial I go on was a, another uh, spot. Uh, the next thing I know, I'm on a movie on Dennis Hopper's Bodyguard. It's nice. called uh, uh, Sunset Heat. You know, I'm in a trailer next to Adam Ant. I'm supposed to kill him in a, in the, as part of the show. And it, and it just, it just, it, it, was off, it was what it was. But I never took the classes. I never got the headshots. I never took it serious because I was still playing football. This was my okay. this was my off season. Yeah. You know, why not do it?
0: Stop. You didn't see it as a career. It was just a, a time filler yeah. and a few extra bucks.
1: I, I was just I was young. I was I was actually also at the time the the head of security for the Roxbury in Hollywood.
0: Oh, nice. That's right
1: yeah and that's the who's who of hollywood i mean it yeah, was absolutely. Stallone, eddie murphy yeah Gretzky, and every artist coming
0: in there yeah. wanted
1: to be in the roxbury and it yeah. it was what it was it was a blast was yeah
0: no that's stories that will go off the air as well yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we're two good christian yeah, men here too. who probably shouldn't
0: even talk about it but <laughs> certainly there are some stories yeah hello my name is john royce lynch founder and ceo of pcma private client as a former professional surfer and native of southern California. I have always enjoyed Wahoo's Fish Tacos. When the pandemic hit, the response by Wahoo's was unparalleled, creating the California Love Drop by supporting frontline workers and those in need. On behalf of the PCMA private client community and our amazing team, it is an honor to be able to support this noble effort. To lend a hand and to learn more, please visit californialovedrop.org. Let me throw a word at you and you just tell me where it takes you. Service.
1: Service. I think it's another area that we discount, that, that we, that we sh- should be doing more of. And I have found that the more I am in the space of service and outside of myself, the, the better things are. And Denzel Washington says, uh, the most selfish thing we can do is to be of service. And because the reason is because when you're of service, you, you feel so good about yeah. yourself.
0: <laughs> That's a great point.
1: You know, and, and, and when he said that, it resonates with me. And, and all of these things I was talking about purpose versus agenda, when I go in and I, and I do things with the veterans, if I do you know, 22 pushups for 22 days and I ask friends to donate a buck a pushup, well, then I give $2,500 to a, a veterans group yeah. or, or care possible and, 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 and doing their thing and, and being of service, um, speaking to kids. I, I do two, two different mentor platforms one with Hispanic 100 and one with the Orange County Hispanic Youth Chamber. I'm not Hispanic, as you can tell. It doesn't matter to me. There's a need there. And, man, both of those kids, I keep asking, I feel like I'm the mentee. These kids are 20 years old. They're rock stars, you know. Um, And... So being of service, and I'm so glad I'm at a point in my life that I always thought that I needed to be a 10-year NFL guy for anybody to care about me, or to, or to have all the whatever I needed to have for anybody. And you know, uh, people don't care; yeah. they just care that you care about them. And yeah. you know, we do it through Rotary. I do it through these platforms, and it has been such a big part of of my life, and I and I really enjoy it. It's been it's been great to be in the capacity to to do it.
0: I interview, thank you. I interviewed a, a, a gentleman, Alden Mills, a few months ago, a former Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL commander. And uh, his dad, the message he got from his dad was, if, when you're stuck, serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has stuck with me. And I, I was raised that way as well. But I, that's, that quote has stuck with me and resonated with me since Alden shared it with me. And I think I've shared it, you know, many days, every week since. If, you know, if you're not sure what to do, just go serve somebody. Get outside yourself. Yeah. yeah. Chuck Knox. You mentioned him as your coach. He was. Yeah.
1: Ground knocks. And Chuck, Chuck, Chuck was old school football. Um, and, uh, and, but the thing was, is when Chuck said something, and nobody, nobody snapped back. Like you see today, you know, guys on the sidelines, mm. <laughs> are you with their head coaches? Yeah, or, yeah. we laughed laughing like, are you say, kidding me? no. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. argue back, then then you're you're uh, you're selling cars the next day, mm-hmm. you know. So Chuck put up with, with nothing, but he was, um, you know. But it was, you know, when, when you were around football, you know, dignitaries and guys that have, you know, coached. And you know, here's the name again, OJ Simpson. But mm-hmm. you know, the Buffalo Bills and that greatness and, and been around football. Um, but it was it was tough because the the game was changing. Right as I went there. Um, we were watching the 49ers and Bill Walsh mm-hmm. going in shorts Dominate. and shells. They were doing one practice a day and the shells in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And we were walking onto the field for our third practice. You know, we were going two a days in full pads and a third walkthrough. And 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 all of us wanted to be in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they're winning and they're casual. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it it, it was it was Chuck's way or the highway, you know, and so it wasn't it wasn't like a, you know, when I talk about my high school coach and, you know, but that was that football. And that was, you know, this is this is the head man. And and that's just how how it was. But, you know, he but he was he was a great coach. Um, And I, you know, I'm glad I got the experience and, and play for him. Yeah.
0: Last word I'll throw at you and then we'll talk Super Bowl a little bit here before we uh, get into the final question or two. Right. Mentorship. And I'm not going to even say another word. Where does that take you?
1: You know, I, I I started doing that once again. I just started doing it this year. I'm 56 years old. Ed. Me too. I don't, Same I don't know why I waited. Um, other than, you know, I just, what what value could I bring or, you know, what, what does it even mean? And I just stopped asking that question and I just came across an entity and they said, we need mentors. And I said, I'll do it. And so the first one I mentored is is Johnny Robinson. And Johnny has a window washing company and putting himself through Cal State Fullerton mm-hmm. in the entrepreneurial platform. Um, and we started talking and I'm like, holy smokes, kid. You know, you, you, you've got, a I had a hundred thousand GDP, uh, 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 mm-hmm. gross profit uh, last mm-hmm. year. He had four employees and you're 20 something years old and you're putting wow. yourself through school. I'm like, well, teach me something, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Here's where it came into play. This is so cool. Was that a few months in, he calls me, he goes, Dave, I'm I'm really struggling. COVID had hit. He's in a service industry. It had rained for two weeks straight, Southern California. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But everyone's keeping everyone wants their windows washed if it's raining. Right. And he said, Look, my partner wants to quit. I can't pay pay my employees. I'm dipping into savings. And COVID and i just don't see it happening i I, i'm gonna quit and i'm gonna go work at a supermarket because i don't want to put all the burden on my mom you know Mm -hmm. and i said johnny i go let me share a story with you they said in 2002 there was a stock market crash the dot com the dot com bubble burst yeah and people lost 50 60 to 70 percent of their portfolios through advisors that were chasing the dot coms and it was a horrible time for our industry and, and, and over half of advisors during that period just fell off. They just quit because they had lost so much money for their clients. Right. And my clients were calling me saying, Dave, uh, we just left a party. Are, are we not reading our statement right? And I said, no, yeah. you're reading it right. We didn't chase that. As a matter of fact, I would tell clients, if you want to buy that, go buy it in a different account. Because I understood the numbers. So, anyways, so what happened was, Johnny, is that I realized a lot of these advisors are quitting. Just like probably a lot of your competition, if you want to quit, they want to quit. Yeah. So, what I, I started calling all the people that told me no, that had advisors already. Because mm-hmm. if people are worried about their money and their advisor's not there, they want to talk to somebody.
0: They got any, Yeah. Oh, you know,
1: Johnny, that was my best year ever. I picked up so many clients by putting it out there saying, I'm still here and my clients are doing fine. I'll give you testimonials. But, 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 but I picked up clients left and right. I said, Johnny, I can't tell you not to quit because I understand the personal stress right. and the thing with your mom. You know, I don't want to step on that. But if it's just a business thing, I said, call all the people that told you no. Mm-hmm. Call all of your existing clients. And say, I understand why you canceled. But when you're ready to get a service again, we'll give you a 10% discount because of COVID to all the people with perspective. Everybody in your world, call everybody and say, we're still here. Yeah. And, and, it, and we would talk and he said, yeah, I'll do that. And then And then he came to me with a business proposition of a company that was folding. And we looked mm-hmm. at the numbers about him buying it. You know, hmm. and I said, "Well, if you can get this, this, and this, and then he's asking too much," um, you know, which which kind of was a side note, and then he kind of went dark a little bit. Come to find out, he was so busy, he had called me. He goes, Dave, I'm sorry I haven't talked to you. I just had my best month ever, twenty thousand gross, twenty thousand dollars growth revenue. Next month, I projected to do fifty percent over this month. Wow! And, and, and he goes, and I had to hire a bunch of guys, and I bought oh. that business for next to nothing." And that is what being a mentor is yeah. uh, is about is taking your life experiences and sharing it with somebody that's that's younger. I'm currently mentoring a young Latina gal, hmm. an entrepreneurial. You know, I'm oh, thinking, yeah. okay, a female Latina.
0: Yeah, Dave, yeah. You have so much in common. Yeah,
1: Dave. Yeah, Dave, yeah. you know what? Ed, you know what I have? I have a rock star Rolodex of Latina female entrepreneurs that are killing it and i line her up and, and they love her yeah. she loves them and she's getting so much from that so we have a lot more than just our life experiences we have our our network and our you know our community that we can share with them to lift them up and support them and to give them the stuff that they don't get at home mm-hmm. their parents love them right but, you know they, they don't, don't know what that. to
0: teach them and what to show them right yes
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And I just did, a, I actually do a Facebook live every week. I'm going to do one this afternoon. I do it every Tuesday at four. And one of them was each one, teach one. Another Denzel.
0: Hmm, nice.
1: Each one, teach one. Reach out and, and pull those kids out, man, and bring wow. them up with you. Because they're, they're starving for it. And, yeah. and it's great. Service, yep. mentorship. All exactly. Goes like
0: hand in hand. Exactly. There's there's no coincidence why those words are, are oftentimes used very, yep. very almost synonymously in some extent. Yeah. And that sounds like that's, that's the, the big deal. One of the things that I love doing, and I know you love doing, I've seen it in your bio, but more importantly, I've heard you talk about it today and I've heard you talk about it before, and that is connecting people. Mm-hmm. And it may not be, I mean, that's ultimately for me, my greatest satisfaction is here's a need, here's a person who can fill the need and make the introduction and step away. And uh, another thing that I've been thinking as you've been talking in the last minute or two is during a recession or during COVID or during financial crisis, one of the things that I've witnessed and I've, and I've talked to others as well as the companies and the individuals that are successful during times like this are using this time to invest in their people and invest in their customers. And yeah, you can close, you know, this Jonathan, he could have closed Jonathan, is it Johnny? Johnny talking yeah. About? yeah. yeah he, he could have just closed up shop and gone and done the other thing and, you know, and kudos to him for supporting the family and doing everything he needs. But you were able to mentor him into, you know, hi, how can you reinvest your efforts into the people stay in touch with them and so forth. So that, that's, that's a great lesson as well. I think it's just really constantly be investing in people, whether it's financially or with your time or your, your skill or your wisdom. What's a big challenge that you faced and how you overcame it. If you think of, if you think back now you're 56, so am I. So, you know, we were both, you know, we've been through similar experiences. I never played in the NFL, never played college football, but, um, you know, we've, we've both had some challenges. Does any big one challenge come to mind that, uh, you look back as, as kind of a tipping point for you and how you overcame it?
1: Well, uh, yeah, there, there are, um, you know, after, after my divorce, it it didn't go swimmingly, you know, um, and it was tough and, and, and really it's, it's, it's an hour long story. So I can't, I can't really delve into it, but I did lose everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, when (laughs) everything was a lot, Yeah. Um, but more importantly than losing the material things um, was that I lost my kind of just me, I lost my, my faith. I, I started thinking of all the horrible things that are happening because of somebody else but I had something to do with it. That's <laughs> sure. what I came to figure yeah. out, you know, and I was making just a bad, a bunch of bad decisions. And it just had really gotten to a point where, okay, um, this isn't me, uh, but here I am, you know, uh, and, and I don't know how much time, I am probably running out of time, um, Sorry. but, but I talk so I, I share, when I share the story, it, it, go, it goes back to sports again. You know, I'm playing against BYU and I'm getting my, rear kicked by a guy that I looked up to. I don't look up to many people. I walked right. on ice cream and shot a nine, nine, 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and he was killing me. And, um, and, uh, I go in for the fifth series and my coach grabs me by the collar and says, son, um, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing your parents and you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So okay, how coach. am I
0: doing, Coach? Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> how am I doing? Yeah. Well, I do it. Yeah. So
1: he says, sit this series out and you decide if you want to play. I've never been benched. And I uh, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, yeah, I deserve to be out there. But I can't very well go out there and keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. and expect a different result, right? Which is definition
0: started. of insanity, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh and so I had to change up what I was doing, which I did. I ended up getting alignment of the game. For that gave Hmm. me so much boost of confidence and and so forth. And so I know back to life, you know, and when life was kicking my my butt and everything was taken away from me, and 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 God sat me down and said, Hmm. "Son, who do you (laughs) want to be?" Embarrassing me, yeah. (laughs) Embarrassing your parents, (laughs) and you're embarrassing yourself. Hmm. You know, if you want to do this, sit this, you know, sit sit down and take it. I'm like, yeah, I this is not me, and I need to. I want to get back to doing what I'm doing, but I can't very well go back doing the same thing that I'm doing and expect a different result.
0: No, that's so good. And it was a pivot
1: for me. And and Ed, when when you look at my bio on LinkedIn, it's half of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm living such a purpose-driven life and in in faith and doing things. And I'm telling you, it multiplies every day, just connecting with you and being able to do this show. and And I appreciate the opportunity because then I get to talk to somebody else through this that maybe right. is struggling and, and saying, gosh, if that guy who went there, went down to there, and now is back here can do it, then, then so can I. And so then they I. want to learn more. And that's what it's about. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, it, it's just, that's as tough as it gets to be, in, in essence, a millionaire to have nothing to be not a millionaire, but I'm, mm-hmm, but I'm sure. doing so many great things. Right. And, I, and I just, uh, I'm just so grateful.
0: That's, a, that's a, I love that, you know, step back and, you know, your coach pulling you off the field was one of the greatest things he could have done because I think Absolutely. we all need to step back and look at, I I do a a nightly meditation on the Calm app. It's one of my favorite things. Now, I've done it for like 92 straight days now. And I write in a, I just open journal, write for just one page. my My goal every night before I go to bed, listen to these two meditations. And then sometimes what I write has everything to do with what I just meditated or heard. And other times it has nothing to do with it. And I don't know until the pen hits paper what it's going to be. And two nights ago, I wrote about perspective Mm
1: -hmm. and the
0: big aha for me and the meditation wasn't about perspective, by the way, but it's the word that kept popping up for me is to pull myself back and look at my life from a different perspective. What are other people, not that I care what other people think of me, but ultimately it got me to what does God think of me? And that right. was what the perspective was that really matters, matters the most. And that's, you know, am I embarrassing God? Am I embarrassing my family? And am I embarrassing myself? You know, right. those, are, those are three great questions to, to ask myself. So no, I think that uh, that perspective that we get when we step outside the box a little bit and look back in at what are we doing and what's the impact that we're making? What's next for you? What's the big, the big goal you have now that you're excited about? What's, what's uh, getting you up tomorrow morning?
1: Uh, what's my 4 a.m.? Yeah, it's for it exactly. 4 a.m. exactly. I love that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You about. know,
1: it, it it is it is it is the the, the progression and the next steps for Path 2. Um, so proud of the relationships we're we're forging and and the potential we have to, to help people. And I I really enjoy that. Um I have um, I have a couple of, of book ventures that have already titled and started. Uh, one is Hey Big Guy. Uh, a guide to growing up bigger than most. Talking about growing up, you know, not fitting in, being uncoordinated, not being able to do one push up, hmm. um, and being bullied, and all those things uh, to persevering, you know, and, and 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 having like-minded stories attached to it. And and the others, the other book is called Benched. Um, hmm. So uh, hmm. anyhow, um, so I'm writing, you know, I'm doing those. I've been asked to co-host a, a sports talk show that we're doing some pilots next month. Sweet. I love doing my keynote speaking and talking to producers about how to become a top producer consistently year over year. Anybody can do it once but how you going to do it next year, yeah. you know? And so I love keynote speaking and I love working with kids. Uh, one other thing that I, I want to let people know about is uh, mission sports uh, mission sports is a faith-based sports camp that we have, uh, that were launched, but we're waiting for COVID to allow us to do it. Our first right. camp is actually going to be in Missouri, but uh, we have Detroit, Houston, and then we're launching really here in Santa Ana. And I do a podcast for that, and it's called The Locker Room. And I have cool. uh, professional athletes, on high school athletes, coaches, awesome. uh, that talk about their experience and then faith and 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 heck, I, I should have I should have you as a, as a guest. And uh, I'd love uh,
0: that. Yeah, and I'd love to put the links for all of that up in in the the notes for this one I post this oh, podcast and, and
1: and I do I do have to say and I'm sorry to interrupt you Ed, you know. Yeah. I, I I always I, it, it seems like this always comes up because of my old age and my concussions. I have to say stuff when I'm thinking about it.
0: There you go. I, I you. almost
1: forgot. Uh our 2 program does cost money. Con- and yeah. anybody in your in your community, uh, we want to provide a discount so, you know, if you just put "heart 50 into the, if you, if you guys meander your way to you and you think, well, this makes sense for my student or for cool. myself, put Hard 50 in for a discount of $50 off the program. Um, you know, then that'll be good for whomever hears this and whomever puts it in.
0: H A R T so, like my last name or H E A R T like the heart?
1: Wait, I want it. I, well, Brandy. So, all right. H A R T. I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No, I appreciate that. So, of no, course. That, that's, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. No, I, I'm, I'm excited for chapter two of this conversation because we've just started turning the page into new topics that would be great to talk about. Um, and we'll do that for sure. And That's as we go forward with this and as we get through COVID and we're back into the real world and we're doing the things that we've been preparing for, I'm excited for those conversations too. Likewise. So who's going to win the Super Bowl and why?
1: Uh, I, I don't see Kansas City losing. I don't either. I, you know, but to I, me, at the same
0: time, I don't see Tom Brady losing. So it's well, it, it, and it's it, in it Tampa Bay. It's a home game, quote-unquote, for them, but still.
1: I'm not About betting 90, on fans it. I'm not putting any money on you it. Nor, nor would I. <laughs> I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady ever, but right. it just seems to me that Kansas City, even when they're losing, it's like they're just like a cat with a mouse, and they're just batting it around playing. Yeah. And then when they decide to... Put their exactly. hand yeah. and play. Hits, they like, can right, turn it on and just go. It, it's just amazing. It hasn't been since the Rams uh with uh, Kurt Warner and that show, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, um show, Marshall Kurt. Falk, you know, that the team could score points at will. And it's just it's just amazing to see. Uh I, I I think it's gonna be a neat matchup though. I think you know, Tampa's got the the defense, they've got a run game to keep Kansas City off the field, and mm-hmm. um we'll we'll see. You know, you, to, you know, Brady's a dink, dink, dink guy, takes up yeah. time, chews up clock. Yep. Um, that's, that's the one thing that can beat Kansas City is keep that offense off the field.
0: I've never rooted for Tom Brady. Uh, I've never been a Patriots fan. I know he's with Tampa Bay now. Yeah. Um, I respect the fact that he's in his early 40s. He's playing in his 10th Super Bowl. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I, I, I giggle when I literally just did, and I giggle <laughs> when I think of somebody playing in 10 Super Bowls and potentially winning seven if he wins mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah, but but, uh, can't argue no, that no it'll be a fun game to watch
1: Indeed. so
0: as i mentioned and we're going to wrap up here um name of the podcast you just t- alluded to it with the heart 50 discount for path two which is great and we'll put that in there as well from the heart last name obviously but really this whole conversation has been you know tapping into your heart so it's almost a redundant question to ask because you just shared an hour of what's in your heart but i'm going to just finish the qu- the conversation today and just say dave what's in your heart
1: Uh, My heart is to um, continue my walk in faith and, uh, and my my younger brother is a head pastor of a church and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a person that quotes scripture and do those things, but everything I'm doing now is just towards walking in my faith and letting people know that if I can figure it out, you can figure it out. But it all starts with, you know, the, the Jesus and the Holy Spirit and working in and doing things that are of service to to others and, and it's working.